Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Every parent knows that disciplining children can be an emotional minefield on both sides. It can also feel ineffective. Anna Martin's a clinical therapist whose new book, Listen to Me! Exclamation mark, Taking the Conflict Out of Child Discipline, aims to provide parents with some effective strategies that puts the listening and well-being of children ahead of lecturing. She says parents often default to the more punitive discipline they experience growing up. And in New Zealand in particular, that can lead to a range of disorders later in life. To talk about why parents should rethink their methods, we welcome Anna Martin. Anna, good morning. Good morning. Could you give us more of a sense of the situations that you are talking about and some of the reflexive responses? Oh, it's, um, I think parenting is incredibly hard and it's frustrating and parents find it very difficult to know what to do. Um, I think one of the things that parents may not be aware of is just how much we're influenced by other factors, not just what's happening in front of us. So, for example, we're influenced by our own childhoods, um, our social cultural pressures, so you know how we're expected to parent, how we're feeling at the time, so are we stressed or distracted? And then we've also got the pattern of behaviour that we've that that's been established really between parent and child since their birth. So all of those things impact on how we respond and, yeah, we often get that wrong. Do we know what's effective and what's ineffective? Can you calculate that? Do you calculate that in the book? Yeah, definitely. Look, that's a really good question. And, and I can just experience, like I'm a parent myself, and, and at times you're sort of feeling a little bit, you know, overwhelmed by how to do this right. Um, I think it comes down to when I was looking at my research um, and looking at the world research, leading researchers, there was a lot of disagreement, but there was also a lot of agreement. And regardless of the type of discipline method that you do, um, there are four really key things that parents need to incorporate. So this is widely accepted and, and you know, recognised around the world. For example, parents really need to remain calm. So, you know, when I interviewed children as part of my PhD thesis, they said, look, it's actually okay for... Um, for mum and dad to tell me off. I expect them to do that because they're my parents. I just wish they would do it in a calm way so it's less threatening for them. The other thing they um, they wished, and the world-leading researchers um, you know, acknowledged this as well, is that children want their feelings acknowledged. So they want to feel like they're seen and heard. It's very important to their development. They also want parents to listen to their perspective and that puts fear into parents because they think if they give the child too much of a voice, then they're going to you know, lose control. But that's actually a fallacy. And then children really need to be incorporated into the solution, how we resolve this. So they then buy into that process. Those four key things help children 
take on board the parents' lesson. Why doesn't it happen in situations when it doesn't happen? What is it that you see people reverting to? I mean, straight away, the calm, often the point at which someone's moving to discipline is when they're they're beginning to lose their temper, right? The old red rag or the red mist is beginning to descend. Yeah. So that's one reflex that you need to find a way to pause over the count to ten or whatever. What else is it that you link back to the way parents may have... Uh, experience their own um, discipline and upbringing or or other norms that they revert to? Yeah, look, um, I would say in New Zealand we're slightly on the punitive side. And we do, like I see people in my office, I've talked to people as a result of my research, and again, the other world-leading researchers, we tend to hold beliefs about children that impact on how we respond. So if we see, for example, in my study... um, we believe, the parents believe that children really should just do as they're told and children are genuinely naughty. They're generally naughty. Um, And so that automatically influences how we're going to respond. So if we're looking at a situation going, oh gosh, you're just such a brat, we're not going to actually treat that situation with respect that it actually deserves. And also, do we tend to revert, again, under pressure, to what happened to us? Even yep. if we hated what happened to us. <laughs> A- absolutely. Look, <laughs> completely. Um, look, I, uh, I've i been studying this for years and years. Obviously, did the, the research. Just the other day, I was in the car with my um, 16-year-old son, and I was trying to navigate through roadworks. And he asked me a question. And I was feeling stressed. I was tired. I was hungry. And I didn't respond well. Now, that was about me and not about him. And we don't get that right all the time. But it was really important for me to recognise, oops, I I took it down a path that wasn't helpful. We talked about it later. But even, you know, with me being really passionate about this topic and studied it, I'm still going to revert to just feeling overwhelmed and tired and stressed when I'm feeling that way. It's having that awareness that that's what we do. What age are we talking about? How is it at least nuanced according to age? Because you talked, um, number one was calm, number two was child wanting their feelings acknowledged. Well, that could apply to the two-year-old as well as the older person. Number three, I missed, sorry. What was number three? Uh, when I was feeling overwhelmed. So yeah. No, no, no. The yep. third main, number four was the child oh, sorry. being incorporated. What was the third key point? Yeah, so there's child, listen to the children's perspective and include the child in the solution. See, again, is there a difference between when the child is 16 and when the child is two? What are the, nu- what are the nuances in different ages in applying these principles? Yes, definitely. Look, um, when they're younger, around the age of two, you're looking to build um, build an understanding between the two of you. So you would you would model that behaviour for them. So you would you would suggest, look, I can see this, why don't we try that? You know, so it's a solution that you are respecting the fact that they have a right to be part of that solution. So, for example, the other day, again, I, um, I actually shouted at my son. I try really hard not to shout at him. It's not something that feels that sits right for me. But when I did, his first response to me is, gosh, mum, what's happened today? What's going on for you? Now, at 16, he's able to do that because it's been modelled to him from when he was really little. I obviously don't get things right all the time. In fact, I hardly get them right often. But, you know, we're modelling that behaviour right from the get-go. So they have a little bit more of an understanding and empathy from when they, when they develop. The thing is, you can hear their feelings, which are theirs, mm. 
incorporating them and then what happens gets more interesting because hearing each other hearing each other is one thing actually processing and accepting and how you respond is another Mm. now you're in in charge of you as the parent but you're not in child in charge of the child's response so how complicated can that get where does the where do you go after the listening and the hearing of each other yeah look with the child learning how to develop you know, and regulate their emotions, and that's an incredibly important part of their development, so it's really for the parent to help the child learn about their emotions. It's almost a gift that parents can give their children. So if they help them name and notice, you're immediately going to get a reduction of intensity from your child because they feel validated and they're then learning about, gosh, I am feeling angry, and then they can learn to notice that. So... When you're looking at their behaviour, if we're again looking at it from you're naughty and you're being a brat, as opposed to I wonder what you're trying to communicate. So coming at it from that perspective immediately puts the situation into a respectful process. Where do we get though when it is a battle of wills and however respected the point of view of the child is, someone's got to get an outcome to a situation? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's really up to us to go, hey, listen, this is not working. Your parents are absolutely allowed to put boundaries in place. It's imperative. But you can do that, again, in a respectful process because you've got to remember, if we're going to be punitive towards our parent, uh, our kids, they are more at risk of being, you know, um, of developing anxiety. If we shout and yell at them, they're more uh, at risk of, of developing aggressive kids. So it's really important to be to remind ourselves to remain calm and actually say, listen, this is not working at the moment. I am going to put this boundary in place. I appreciate that this is not going to be something that you're going to like. It's okay that you feel the way you feel, but the boundary's in place. How do you define discipline? For you, what is it? Yeah, and again, it's a really good question because many people think discipline is about telling children, you know, how to do things and telling them off. Naughty really, step or yes. I'm taking this away. Yes. And because. Absolutely. What, what is it? When so, you are writing about it, what is it? So to me, it's about helping children learn how to live in this world, learn how to be a constructive and productive adult, but recognising them as beings now. They are who they are right now and helping them learn to manage and notice their emotions. So it's about socially, you know, helping them... Be, be socially adaptable and and flexible in different situations. Do you, at some point though, and I think you may have already answered this, do you at some point, you you described it as as putting boundaries around this. If those boundaries are are defied, do you concur with things like, okay, well, we are going to lose some um, digital time here or we are going to lose some of this. There is going to be a consequence. Does this... Absolutely. Fit into situations where everything isn't nicely and neatly resolved. Oh, no, definitely. Um, look, there, there are boundaries, like I said, and children need to understand those boundaries. They also need to learn how to, to, how to experience frustration. But the important part of the process is it's transparent and respectful, and that's the difference. So the current mainstream models often talk about ask, tell, act. So they ask their child to do something, then they tell their child to do something, and then they immediately put a consequence in place. Those types of processes are authoritarian and they place children at greater risk. So, for example, and it's not a particularly helpful, you know, nice, pleasant statistic to listen to, but doing authoritative 
parenting, so it's different to authoritarian, it actually reduces the risk of suicide by 20%. So that's when we're talking about negotiation, transparency and being fair. So you can say to someone, hey listen, we had an agreement here and that's been broken. I don't want to take this digital stuff away from you but I'm going to have to because we do need to learn how to operate in this world. So, you know, Unfortunately, this is going to happen. But that's often been talked about first and negotiated first. So the authoritative, you're not taking away the, the parental authority. You're not taking away the fact that when push comes to shove, and sometimes it will if kids are fighting, Absolutely. the parent is in charge. But it is the manner in which something is conveyed and it is the conversations that and agreements that have preceded it. Very much so. That, that make the difference. Look, another thing that... Absolutely. Another thing that I think is really important for parents to understand is that they really want children to learn their parenting messages. What are they trying to impart to their, to their child? Children actually need three key things to actually hear their parents' um, message. They need to understand what their parent is trying to tell them. So the discipline goal. And there's a study that was completed and 50% of 11 and 12-year-olds didn't even understand the, the words that their parents used. So they, you know, we need to make sure that, that children understand. They need to know that their parent was fair, which doesn't mean to say that their parents can't put the boundary in place, but they need to know their parent did it fairly. They also need to be involved in that process of the solution. And then the child is likely to take on board what the parent is trying to teach them. Is part of the issue that busy, incredibly busy and often under stress people, uh, parents, it's often acting reflexively or retrospectively. Is a big part of your message that you actually have to proactively build into the picture the time to sit and discuss how things are going to be and how things are going to work in advance and to have those conversations that are listening and negotiating well ahead of an incident where something's been defied. Yeah, I think that's that can be too difficult for parents to do that. I think first and foremost, the parent... I, I think it's important, and when you can please do that but when you can't it's the process that you undertake so the first thing the parent needs to do is slow down like breathe first stop and know that you've probably jumped to a conclusion that you need to check out because adults um, we all do this we unconsciously make a decision as to what's happened and we do that at speed and again, outside of our awareness. So it's having the awareness that we have already made a decision as to what's happened. So instead, we need to go hold it, stop. I need to now go in and just slow down and check in with what's happened. You can then go through the process of going, what's going on? What are your feelings about this? I can see that you're actually struggling here. Tell me how you'd like this resolved. Unfortunately, we can't do that because of these reasons. So we do need to do this so that the, the child understands how the parent got to a point. What do you do with child-to-child -child conflict, which will not always but will sometimes be the source of this? Is it more complex? Yeah, it is. And sometimes parents are in the other room and they can't hear the, the you know what's actually happened. But then what often happens is that parents will immediately jump to a patterned communication. I know Johnny's probably just hit Stevie. 
when in actual fact there's a whole lot more behind that. So it's really important for, for parents to go in again, having slowed down and taken a breath and go in and say, hey, listen, what's just happened? And then treat the whole situation as, well, look, this is not working. How do we how do we do it differently? If we don't do it differently, then we're going to have to put the blocks away or we're going to have to do something different. Jumping and, to conclusions is a real risk that you warn against. Yeah, that very because much so. things have, It's always Johnny who does this to... Sarah, absolutely. That that's what's would have happened. That is a recognisable pattern. And even if you're right, <laughs> you still need to go through a process so that Johnny feels like he's had his day in court. Yes, very much so. And we all feel like that. If if people jump to conclusions when we've behaved as adults in a really unhelpful way, it's really frustrating for us. Children feel the same. They just want to have a voice, and then you know they're they're more likely to calm down. You talk also of repair, and is this something that can sometimes be neglected when there's been a standoff? You hope at some point things will just get back to normal, but should you be more active in that happening? Yes, definitely. Like, for example, the other day when I was in the car and I didn't really respond that well to my son, you know, it was as later that I went and said, hey, listen, sorry, I didn't deal with that very well. I know that's probably what, this is what you were probably asking me, and I'd like to have the opportunity of talking about that. So, the, again, the current mainstream methods, which really need to be sort of turfed, um, they don't build in the repair process. So the children are actually left feeling dysregulated. They're left often feeling sort of, oh, I feel really uncomfortable. And then they internalise that meaning. They must be horrible. They must be mean. You know, so they need to make sense of that situation. So it's really important to go and check in with a child. How are you feeling about this? And actually having a wider a wider conversation. Thanks very much, Anna. Anna Martin. You're very welcome. Listen to Me is the book, Taking the Conflict Out of Child Discipline. It's published by Random. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.